Hey everybody, it's Nina here from Two Asian Vaginas, a bi-weekly conversation between myself and my incredible, amazing, and priceless friend Rachel based down in San Francisco. We have been gone for just a little bit, so we take some time to cover that within the scope of this podcast, and we share travel tips because it is probably the thick-ish of summer, so we want to go ahead and share our experiences, share what we've learned, and we hope that you can go ahead and take a few things away for your summer travels. So it has been a hot minute, and by a hot minute, I mean two months since we have last shared with you guys an episode, but Rachel and I are back, and we have been on this break for a few reasons, um, and I think that Rachel would be the best person to go ahead and flush those out. Yep, it's all my fault. Um, <laughs> I went on a two-and-a-half-week trip. It was actually our honeymoon. Um, we deferred it for a year to Europe. And so um, we kind of trekked through Paris, London, Santorini, and Italy. It was my first time traveling through most of those cities aside from Paris. So it was a really, really fun experience. But the hiatus was my fault because we were I was not traveling with my mic. Um, and then after that, to be completely vulnerable and honest with you all, um, Nina and I kind of both hit this creative wall. We've both been recording this podcast for a few months now and, um, you know, have been having fun, having fun recording them, but um, trying to figure out what's the groove that we want to hit. Thankfully, I am able to say that we are cooking up some fun things in the kitchen. So you all can uh, expect <laughs> some changes to the episode, including this one, um, as well as future episodes. So keep an ear out for that. Yeah. And we're excited to be back. And I think that's something we really want to just highlight. And so as we find our groove, we hope that you guys can continue to walk alongside us. Let us know what we can be doing better. Let us know what you guys want to hear. And on that note, since we have been in the midst of travels, and Rachel in particular, we thought it'd be really awesome to just share with you guys tips that we've learned throughout our travels, both alone and with others and in general. You know, when we had money, when we didn't have money, when it was maybe the dumbest decision to go out and we did it. We're just going to cover a wide variety of them from the umbrella topic to, again, like the things that we've done together and learned um, as we're single and things like that. So generally, Rachel, do you want to go ahead and start it off? Yeah. So when we wanted to go ahead and start with general tips for anyone who's traveling, whether that's domestic or international, you're going somewhere far or staying really close to home. The first one that I'm going to throw out there is a tip for packing. So this one is a tip actually that I've only learned recently, but if anyone has packed a duffel bag or a suitcase before, you know that as long as you're packing any multiple pairs of shoes, those shoes can take up a lot of space. So the first tip is fill your shoes, meaning put things in your shoes as you're packing them in your bag. So your sh your socks, maybe like shirts even. I know it feels a little bit gross because it's the inside of your shoe, but honestly, there is a lot of space in there. So if you maybe have like a camera lens or something, um, there must be like a swarm of photographers that just judged you so critically right now. It's okay. Judge all you want. All I know is that is dead space in my suitcase that is no longer there and is being efficiently used. So that makes me happy. That is so good. <laughs> Do you have any more for general ones, Rachel? 
Um, so kind of on the note of like general hygiene and smell, <laughs> I think, and if you've listened to our past episodes, you know that I'm kind of a stickler for smell. I really, really care about what, what things smell like. So the first tip is always bring a bag for your dirty clothes to bring back because you don't want that stuff to be mixing in with your clean clothes. So I recommend bringing like a laundry bag. So recently I started using just like the bag that I actually throw into the wash or the dryer for my delicate clothes. I just bring that with me because it's really small. It folds up really easily and then gets really big um, once it's full. So I bring that and then I also bring in um, a sheet of fabric softener sheet. And um, that is really useful for keeping the suitcase actually smelling nice because generally after you've been traveling for a while, uh, that suitcase does not smell as nice as it once did. So having that fabric softener sheet um, is really useful, I think. There's, and for those who are maybe going camping or somewhere, just don't expect those things to be readily available for you, right? Like, I think that's a huge thing to remember. And so if you want to go another route too, feel free to use the same grocery bag that you were using for maybe the snacks that you were bringing to your trip and then reuse it to have it be made into your laundry bag if you don't have a delicates sort of like netting that kind of mesh um, bag available. Like, I think that's a good alternative. Totally. Um, us in California, though, we don't really have a lot of those anymore that's since we've right. gotten rid of that. So uh, I've had to find some other alternatives. In New York, they always double wrap things. Yeah. And I just think, why? Yeah, totally. And it's probably for laundry bags when you go camping or <laughs> to Paris. <laughs> um, there was another thing you brought up that was really great. And it kind of gets into like a different sphere, but totally relatable, just the same with like Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, a big thing that's it's hard to do when you're traveling internationally is figuring out a way to get internet access um, because obviously we have data and all of that on our phones readily accessible here. But um, when you're traveling internationally, um, that's a bit harder. So one thing that we did on our trip recently was actually rent a hotspot. And we did this in a trip to Asia, which was much cheaper in Europe. It's doable, but a bit more pricey. Um, essentially, you have an allotted amount of data with your hotspot during this time period that you can rent. Um, and so when you're looking for directions or you want to look something up really quickly when you're um, out and about, that's a really nice way to do that. If that's really not an option for you, another really good one is to just really get good at finding Wi-Fi. I think I was one of the things that stuck out to me on my most recent trip was just how readily accessible Wi-Fi is. Now it's actually a really common way that um, tourists or excuse me, restaurants try to get tourists into their store is by offering Wi-Fi. So keeping a good eye for those kind of stickers um, or something like that is really useful. And then a pro tip is just to know that the Golden Arches, McDonald's, um, <laughs> they actually offer Wi-Fi in most of their restaurants. Um, and that's a good way to kind of get access. But also kind of related to that is charging your devices. This one is really, really nice to to have is just being able to bring a way to juice your devices when you're on the road. Because the last thing you want is to be traveling somewhere and not um, being able to turn your phone on. Uh, so bringing a portable power pack with you is a really, really nice way to just make sure that you're never in that sticky situation, um, whether that's traveling on the road or being stuck at the airport when you have an extra layover and your phone is dying. That's probably the worst spot to be in. Seriously. 
Hashtag virtual problems. <laughs> There's actually one that my cousin gave me, which I think is so useful. It's called Kickass Power, but it charges so well, and it has plugins for Droids and for I've like Apple devices, and that's one that I've liked. It's super compact. It really it looks like. A battery recharger, like the conventional battery chargers, totally recommend. Kickass Power comes in a variety of colors, so you could just like feel it out. And no, they're not sponsoring this episode. <laughs> But if they did, <laughs> if they did, I mean, wouldn't complain. I know I'd probably ask for like six of them. But while you are charging and while you are on these long layovers, one of the things that are absolutely paramount is to make sure that you are comfortable. I think. That I read somewhere, or maybe I hallucinated, that when stars come out of the airports and they look really sleek and things like that, oftentimes it's because you know they changed in their restroom or they put their makeup on as they were leaving their plane. And so the key of this is is like don't feel obligated to look good in the airplane because at the end of the day, nobody cares. But your comfort is what matters. You don't want to be on a flight from Los Angeles all the way to Asia, which amounts to like 16 hours, in a pair of super tight skinny jeans. That's what I would recommend. But isn't athleisure in? <laughs> totally, athleisure all the way. Joggers, all of it. <laughs> Or tights, you know, anything with a lot of stretch. Yeah.、Um, That's like definitely one thing that I will always pack in my carry-on is、um, a pair of really comfortable pants. But on the topic of kind of things to pack, actually, that's kind of a nice segue into、um, some tips for when you're traveling with someone else. So as long as you're going somewhere to meet another person, or maybe you're traveling together, I would always recommend plan what you're going to pack together. So.、Um, Whether you're starting from the same original location or not,、um, I would plan to make sure that you're not packing both packing things that only one of you needs to bring. So good examples are things like toothpaste or just general like hygiene products. Maybe both of you guys are contact wearers, so only one person needs to bring the contact solution. The other person might bring the toothpaste. Oh my or- gosh, that's a person with like 20/20 vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be empathetic <laughs> to other people here. Thank、um, you for listening to the needs of us four eyes. <laughs> yes. For those who don't know, Rachel has incredible vision, and I have the worst—not the worst, but I'm pretty close to that. And so, on that topic, not only toothpaste and products, but also—oh, it was at the tip of my tongue, and then we got roiled into this other topic about vision. If it comes to my mind, I'll think about it and I'll talk about it. For sure. But yeah, don't pack the same thing twice. Advil. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> like medicine, you know? Yeah, that's a really good one. Or emergency, so that you don't get sick on your trip.、Um, but the other thing that I really enjoy and recommend、um, when traveling with someone else is still to make that time and create that space to spend apart,、um, because it might actually make it even more special when you are、um, when you do meet up back together. So. Uh, this is actually a tip that I read on a blog somewhere, but essentially, when you're going on a trip,、um, designate one day slash afternoon to spend apart, and that really gives each of you the space and opportunity to go and do what you want. Because chances are, the person that you're traveling with will not be the will not have the exact style, same style of travel. So one person may really enjoy just wandering around the streets; the other person may really enjoy、um, hitting up. 
to the museums. So kind of giving each person the time and space to do what they want, I think makes it really, really interesting. And then when you come back together, maybe meet up for dinner together. Um, that's really where you get to kind of catch up on each of the things that you did that day and makes it just a little bit more enjoyable, I think. That sounds like a great idea to institute. And I think that's would be maybe applicable regardless of the length of your trip. Granted, we're assuming that it's over two days and probably a good way to just integrate space. Um, we were also able to think of ideas that, you know, are applicable for those who are single. And so one of the things was don't buy things where you know you'll buy at your destination. So this kind of pitter-patters off of when you are traveling with somebody else, don't bring duplicates of anything. When you're traveling single, don't feel even obligated to buy those things at all. Like if you know that you are going from maybe New York, for instance, to another metropolitan city like London, there's not really a need for you to buy a roll of toilet paper. There's not a strong need for you to buy toothpaste and instead travel light and pack light. That's a really good tip. Um, I think for me, there's so much um, joy when it comes to traveling alone because you get to do a lot of these things, um, you know, by yourself. It's a really good chance for you to kind of learn about yourself and meet other people that you wouldn't normally meet. I think there is some concern about safety, especially for women who are traveling. Mm. Um, and so something that I would always recommend is let people know where you're going to be if you're going to be traveling. Always communicate your itinerary um, yeah. so that people can kind of follow along with you as you travel. And that will just make sure that if anything were to happen, um, you know, you're not alone and people can kind of be aware of it. Yeah. Touch base with somebody at least once a day and just know how you would have access to do something like that. Because even if people are tracking along with your itineraries, if they're not, even if it's through Instagram, you know, like that is kind of the glory of social media is that you can show people where you're at in real time. And so definitely a good note, Rachel. And on a note of security, encourage the fanny pack. I am a complete believer in hands-free lifestyles, but also in a one where a fanny pack, honestly, there are some really sleek and minimal ones that can just really go underneath a t-shirt um, and hide there, but still feel like you're really traveling with exactly what you need and those essentials and staples that you cannot be without such as your passport or a little bit of extra cash um that's what i would recommend for being single they're also cheap which leads into our last set of topics for when traveling on a budget and i remember seeing this meme or something and it it was kind of like an inner monologue and the person says like, oh, I really want to go traveling. And then the other, the response is from the bank account. And it's like, what, to the park? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we all have been there, maybe not, maybe uh, where we are traveling on a budget and where our bank account says, hey, maybe we shouldn't be going abroad in that event. What should we start off by doing, Rachel? I think the first thing is just to accept the reality of your situation. If you are... <laughs> financial situation is not going to allow you to whisk away to a resort in, I don't know, Mexico or to ideal European vacation. Just accept it. It's okay. You'll get there someday. I think the first thing is just kind of being open-minded about 
where you can go um, within your means. So like just a really good example is um, Nina and I actually took a trip maybe a few years ago and we were both in the Bay Area at the time and we um, neither of us had cars but we really wanted to get in a car and drive somewhere and stay somewhere totally different. Um, so what we ended up doing was um, using a service called Get Around. Um, I think there's still available and essentially the idea is that one person who doesn't actually need their primary car in their day-to-day can essentially make their car available for rent and people like us can go ahead and rent it for a day a night um, or a few days and use it to drive somewhere and return it back and honestly if I'm being honest with all of you it was a very it took me a while to get comfortable with this idea because literally we just went to I think it was like MacArthur Bard station and this random person just drives up to us and is basically like hey like did you guys rent this car and we did and so he essentially gives us the keys and then we just hop in the car and drive off it was even for someone who uses like Lyft and Uber and Airbnb and all those things it was still a very bizarre experience for someone like me but um in the end it was great we rented the car we drove like what was it Nina like two hours two to three hours yeah wait before you go on, your memory has twisted this. It was not a man. It was actually a really nice woman. <laughs> okay, so clearly this I, was what it was, was playing out in my head. You've identified her as like this strange man with a low octave voice. <laughs> she was not like this at all. She was so kind. And it was like All I know is in my head, I was like, this is a stranger. I'm getting in their vehicle. Like, what could happen? Oh, and then on top of that, like, fear of what happens if we get into an accident in this person's car like first of all is this even legal um second of all like what would we do because if you all know i'm not the world's best driver and so these kinds of thoughts have to cross my mind while i'm driving someone else's vehicle which is also why i drove most of the time (laughs) this is is correct this is sizing up to be this slightly misinformed experience (laughs) i think that there are probably a lot of stories that have been given a lot of shade and rightly so um but our experience was actually great we drove to a part of lake tahoe essentially and it did require a lot of driving but we are alive the car was not damaged everything was fine it is essentially a car service that operates like airbnb and I'm just wondering, you know, if we're erring on the side of caution and anxiety, why isn't the driver? Is that at all what you were thinking? You know, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally just like so self-conscious and obsessed about not damaging this vehicle. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, again, it was looking back, it was a great experience. And it's all just about being open minded. And on the topic of being open minded, Nina, you actually did something that was really, really cool. um, But wasn't your typical vacation. Could you talk about that? I was, this was also when I was in the Bay Area at the time. And I think that when you're on a budget, honestly, the research pays off, there are so many ways to go ahead and enjoy and have a really memorable experience for small nil amount of money and this was for me I want to say in 2014 but I had always wanted to go farming and I didn't know how to I remember back in high school hearing about an organization called the okay abbreviated I wasn't sure if I should start off with the abbreviated version because it's it's called WOOF, but it stands for the Worldwide Organization of Organic Farms. And so the way that it works typically is 
there will be a host on a farm and that could be with livestock or without it could be on a vegetable farm it carries a lot of varieties but true to its name there are farms worldwide that go ahead and provide housing services um, it can provide like food maybe just a meal a day or they'll have access to farm fresh organic things that are very close if you provide in its rawest form labor but it's a huge learning experience and so in my ideal world where I would have had a lot of money to spend and a lot of time to spare, I would have gone to a winery in Italy because who doesn't want to squash grapes with their feet and have a really great time? Or, Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. And I might not drink the wine necessarily after, but the experience I imagine to be enjoyable mainly because I remember as a child watching this episode of Xena the Warrior Princess where one of like there's this wine festival and it just looks so much fun. And so sorry to go on a tangent. I just have to finish the story. We used to have a grapevine in our backyard. And I was so inspired after watching this one episode that I went to our grapevine and I picked up all of the grapes from oh the gosh. vine and I put them into a bowl. And I was so small as a child that, or this was when I was a child and therefore I was small. And I put them into a large bowl and I started stepping on the grapes and my parents were just so confused and they were wondering, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, this is not it. And then, I was like, but I watched Xena the Warrior Princess. And so, um, she inspired all of us in multiple ways, it seems like. <laughs> in multiple ways. And so anyway, it's it brings me back to like this idea of wanting to go out and wanting to be really, I love working with my hands. And I love this idea of knowing just really where things come from and having a holistic experience. But again, could not have done it abroad. And I don't think that at the time that I was wanting to pursue this too, I don't even think I could have gone across the country to like Nantucket. Um, so I did my research and I found a place in Carpinteria, which is not too far from the, Bay, uh, from the Bay Area. It's really close to Santa Barbara. And it's this beach town. It's really small. Everybody knows one another, but it's also known for sort of all the agriculture that their town sort of lives off of. And so I went farming for a little bit over a week. I looked into various forms of transportation, found out that Amtrak was totally available. If you're not familiar with Amtrak, really awesome train. Not a lot of people use it anymore, so you can totally stretch out. And I went to a place that I went essentially to a ranch and they have, they had livestock, they had farms. And I really learned a lot. On top of that, I got to work with my hands. I got to like engage with the family and it turns out like they knew people who I knew. And so it was really cool. That is the end story of it. But <laughs> I worked on this on a budget and I still got to have a really, really memorable experience. Woof. Yeah, That's what I it's called. The, less, the lesson is just being really open-minded and um, a vacation doesn't have to look, you know, like your typical get on a plane, get go off somewhere. It really can take on all different shapes, forms and sizes. Um, and I think at the end of the day, doing a lot of research, kind of being creative. So yeah. it might mean going somewhere when not everyone else is going or not going to Iceland right away because it seems to be the hottest place that everyone wants to go right now on Instagram. So kind of thinking out of the box and being a little bit more creative about it, I think will work with any type of budget. 
Absolutely. Like find out when those off seasons are. It's very helpful. And in many ways, we hope that the tips that we've provided are maybe some of them you guys already knew and maybe some of them you didn't. But we hope that you guys were able to take away just exactly what you needed for your upcoming summer travels. In regards to where we are, Rachel has come back from a few travels. I'll be traveling to L.A., but I'll be traveling to L.A. with my mic so that we can go ahead and record our next episode. Rachel, if you want to go ahead and talk about it. For sure. So episode eight is going to be all about introversion and extroversion. So we know it's a very hotly debated and um, there's been a lot of conversation about this topic already. But we were thinking about actually bringing on some guests for the next episode so we can have multiple voices um, just with our friends. So uh, look forward to that in episode eight, again, on introversion and extroversion, um, what our thoughts are, and there might even be some debates around it. So that's that. Thank you so much for joining us for episode seven. We hope you enjoyed and see you on the next one. 